0: your Bibles this morning, and Isaac's going to tell you where we're going to
1: be. Thanks. All right, this reading today comes from John chapter 6, verses 22 to 35. So if you have your Bibles, open them up. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there, and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for the food that spoils but for the food that endures to eternal life which the Son of man will give you for on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. And they asked him, "What must we do to the what must <laughs> what must we do to do the works God requires?" Jesus answered, "'The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent.' So they asked him, "'What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will we do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat.' Jesus said to them, "'Very truly I tell you, "'it is not Moses who given you the bread from heaven, "'but is my Father who gives you true bread from heaven.' For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So this is the word of the Lord.
0: Thank you, Isaac. So the story of Jesus in this context is written in all of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so it must be very important. Jesus feeding the 5,000 people is a very important passage in the Bible. Now, how many people is 5,000 people? Well, we've got some images there. That's around 5,000 people at a concert. And it says in the Bible, in this passage here, that 5,000 men in verse 10 of John feeding the 5,000. It says, 5,000 men sat down. So it could have been more. Here's another image of a, a crowd of people at a concert of 5,000. Another image. There we go. There's 5,000 people just like hanging out together in one big group. It's a lot of people, right? Who thinks that's a lot of people to feed? We freak out as a church when we have to feed 100 people. Imagine 5,000 people. And that's just 5,000 men. You could easily perhaps double it with the women and the children sitting there as well, perhaps. 5, 6, 10,000 people might be there and Jesus has to feed them. And the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 people is set in the area of Galilee, And the Galilean area is an area where people are poor. They don't have much money. They work hard uh, and they work to eat. And they come one day to hear Jesus talking. And Jesus has been on a a journey, sharing the gospel with his disciples. And they come home to the Galilean area and Jesus is tired. He's like, I'm going to have a rest. And he sits down with his disciples, it says, in the bank for a rest, and this crowd of people, they want to hear Jesus teach. And Jesus starts teaching everybody. And people, do you know what? They were getting hungry. And so Jesus says to his disciples, go and find some food for these people. Food for 5,000 people. Jesus says, yes, go and find food. Jesus finds some bread and some fish and he, he magically makes all of this out of a miracle he, he makes it spread out and feed everybody and they have left over food and everybody's like oh this 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 man this Jesus he's fantastic and they cry out they cry out in the passage and they shout out surely this is the man This is the prophet who's going to lead us. It says in verse 14, surely this is the prophet who's going to come into the world. And they are quoting the Old Testament and the Old Testament passage of Deuteronomy 18.15. Is this, this is what they're quoting. It says in the Old Testament, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites, You must listen to him. And the people say, this is the prophet that the Old Testament is alluding to. Let's make him king. Let's make him king of the Jews. And he can lead us. And he can free us from all of the problems that we've got. Except they don't want a prophet. They want a king. They want someone to destroy the Romans and to sort out all of their problems to give them food every day. And what's important for us to understand is that in verse four of this passage, it says it was time of the Jewish Passover feast. Now for the Jewish people, this Passover festival was a big deal. It was important for them. The Passover was a national holiday to remind the people how God provided bread from heaven And God released them, freed them from Egypt, from the slavery to get out of Egypt to the promised land. And so all of the people are saying, this is our new Moses. This is our new person who can free us from slavery, free us from our problems and can provide bread. You see, when the people were in the desert, God provided manna, bread from heaven every single day. And the people make reference to it and say, this is the new man who can provide bread from heaven. And we're going to eat every single day. We want this Jesus to be our new king. And yet Jesus didn't want any of it. He retreated away into the mountains by himself for a rest. But the next day, everybody follows him. They follow him the day after, give us some more bread. And what does Jesus say? He, say, <laughs> he does say no, thank you. Well, at least someone's listening. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. And Scott's going to explain what that means for us today. But Jesus uses the expression, I am, several times. We see in between Jesus feeding the crowd and the crowd following him, Jesus walks on water. The disciples, Jesus leaves the disciples. The disciples go on on a boat on the lake. And Jesus is walking on the lake to catch up with them in the nighttime. And it says in John 6, 20, the disciples see Jesus walking on the lake, and they get scared. I would get scared if I saw a man walking on the water towards me in a boat. I get scared when I see a seal or a killer whale in the sea. Never mind a man walking on the water. And Jesus says in verse 20, it is I, do not be afraid. It is I actually is in the Greek yeah, sorry, it's a bit jungled up, is ego amy, which means, actually, I am. Jesus says, I am it, I am. Jesus is saying, I am, and that's a big deal. The expression, ego emi, I am, is the name that God gives for himself. And the clearest expression of Jesus declaring, I am, I am God, is in John 8, 58. And he says to all the religious leaders, I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham, who lived thousands of years before, before Abraham, I am, I was there. At this, they picked up their stones and wanted to stone him. They wanted to kill Jesus because Jesus is declaring, I am God. You see, I am is the name that God gives himself in Exodus. When Moses meets God in a burning bush, God says, God says to Moses, free the people from Egypt and take them away to a new life. Moses says, who are you? He says, I am. I am the eternal God. And the moment that God reveals himself to Moses is pivotal in the redemptive history of God's people. God reveals himself to his people and he comes to redeem them from exile and lead them to a new life. God tells Moses, I am and I will lead you. I will be your God and you will be my people. And he does that and God frees them from Egypt and he leads them to the promised land over many years. God's name, I am, discloses who he is and what he is like. He is, I am. He is eternal. He is unchanging. He is the self-existent one. He is infinite and glorious in every way and above and beyond all created things. God is, I am. And Jesus here is declaring, I am. Do you see the significance of this? Jesus is saying, I am God. Not a helper of God. Not just a teacher, but I am the divine, eternal, pre existent, infinite, perfect being. He is Israel's God. He is my God. He is your God. This is who Jesus is. He is greater than Moses because. He is the God of Moses. He is life himself. And in him, we can get life. And today, Jesus lives in me. Jesus says, I am. I'm the one who can walk in water. I am the bread of life. I'm the one who gives life. And the seven I am statements in John might be best understood as falling under the echoing of this initial ultimate claim. Jesus is God. It's a big deal. Do you know Jesus today in your own life? Okay, the next slot. Jessie. Thank you.
1: All right. If you've been here before, you know that Brittany has been doing Memory Verses with KidZone, and we have started doing that here. Come on up. (laughs) Um, here with the congregation as well, because we do believe that it's important that we're we're learning God's Word, that we're memorizing it, we're putting it to heart. Um, And so we have a verse that Brittany is going to lead us in this morning. Um, And this is going to be a verse that we're looking to memorize. We'll focus on it throughout the summer that ties in for who Jesus is and uh, why we even learn about him, what the importance is. Okay, let's read together. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings us I should, to everyone who believes. Romans one sixteen. Oh yeah. <laughs> sure. Let's do it one more time. Okay. <laughs> For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Romans 1 verse 16. Second time was much better. Thank you.
2: There we go. I got so caught up in the memory verse, I forgot that I had to uh, grab the pack from uh, from Simon. That is such a fantastic verse. And I'm glad that um, the kids are here so that we can memorize it together. That would be, that's wonderful. So um, I have my part that I'm going to do. And um, I need a little bit of space up here. But <clears throat> I love the fact that what we have happening is that Christ brings before us that he is God. And it's so important because what it it does is we get into the I am, that he is the bread of life, that um, he he is not just stating that because he is um, wanting to use an image image that they can relate to, but he is bringing it to the place that he is saying, I I am God. I can sustain you in everything. So before I start, though, um, Simon wanted to um, wanted to make sure that you, as as kids, not. You adult kids, but you as kids, uh, that this would be something that uh, you can kind of interact with. And so I, I asked, uh, I asked a preteen uh, to give me three words. So, so Reed, I asked you to give me three words, right? And I said uh, you can give me any three words you want, and I'm going to incorporate them in my message. So these are these are the three words that uh, Reed gave me. Are you ready? Yeehaw, knife and gorilla. Now Shannon was really kind because she says, "If you want to get out of this, I can have him pick some more words." No, that's not the deal. Whatever three words he gives me, I have to incorporate them into my message. So here's the deal: if you're preteen or down, and you uh, you you hear me say these words at the end, you come to me, you tell me where I said the words, and then I have uh, I have something for you. Okay, so. That sound good. Well, uh, let me uh, let me begin by saying that um, I love bread. <laughs> and when Simon said to me, uh, "Listen, Scott, I'm going to have you do um, I'm going to have you do uh, the bread," I'm just thinking that is that is fantastic because I love bread. But I also looked at the passage that he gave me, and there's a lot of verses that are here. And so I've broken it down to, because we're not going to be able to do all of this, I've broken it down to this one very thing that I want us. If there's something that we can take away from what I'm talking about, what Simon and I are talking about, it's this. What feeds us, leads us. Okay, can you say that with me? What feeds us, leads us. And I want us to remember this because it is so true in our life. What feeds us will lead us. Coming back to bread. So I had this great idea that what I would do is I would, uh, I would bake a loaf of bread. Now, for those people that can't have wheat, I am so sorry. Um, now, I, But I'm telling you, uh, gluten-free is, is, is hitting. They've got some good stuff out there, right? I know some of you that are gluten-free, they've got some good stuff out there. But I love making bread, and uh, this is three cups of flour. This is a, a teaspoon of salt, and it is a cup and a quarter of, uh, of water. And then it's anywhere from a quarter of, of a teaspoon of, of yeast to a half of teaspoon of yeast. And I let this sit overnight, and then it makes this lovely Thing of bread, so I'm gonna take my knife, woohoo, and I'm gonna I'm gonna cut myself a slice of bread. Now I love to heal, but there's something about getting a little deeper into this bread. And then I'm gonna grab another knife here and uh, grab some butter. And there isn't it not something about oh, oh, don't you know? Okay, that's not quite enough butter. There we go. Now we're talking, right? All right. I wish I could eat it, but I don't have time. <laughs> uh, I will eat it later. I only have 10 minutes, so I don't want to spend too much time. But bread, bread is kind. it sustains us. And, and, and those of you that maybe come from a different culture, you may say that you have a special stomach for rice. Um, and in North America, in Western cultures, we have a special stomach for bread. We really like bread. And it delights our stomach. And when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he's saying, I am God. And I want, I want to sustain you. I want to satisfy you. I want to delight your innermost being, for I am your food. Jesus says these words in John six thirty one and 32. He says, our father, ate, our father ate manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. I want you to sit with that for a moment. My Father gives you true bread from heaven. He is manna. Jesus is manna coming down from heaven. He is our daily bread bread, our daily bread. He is our daily bread. And as we think about that, I think about how for God so loved the world that he gave us, he gave us his only bread of life. So when I think about this, I, I, there are two parts of this bread that I want us to engage with, and is this. The first is this: that Jesus is the one who satisfies us. Bread satisfies us. Bread fills us. Bread does something to us that we need. It's just, it satisfies us. Jesus says, you are seeking, you're seeking me not because you saw me, saw signs, but because you ate your fill of loaves or bread. What is he saying there? What does he mean by that? Didn't he just perform a great sign of of feeding 5,000 men plus women and children? I mean, what is he saying here? You are seeking me not because you saw the signs. What he is saying is you're seeking me not because you see me as the Messiah, but because I filled your bellies. I filled your bellies. But he says, I want you to see me as the Messiah, as I am, as the God who created the universe, not simply as someone who comes to fill your bellies. Jesus wants us to see him who he is. So who do we see Jesus as? Do you see him as somebody that this is going to satisfy you? The things that you want, the good, the things of this, 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 this earth? Or are you going to see him that he satisfies us with something greater? And Jesus says, the way I want you to see me is that I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Shall not hunger. I am the Yahweh. What feeds us, leads us. So what is it that is sustaining you? What is it that's trying to sustain you? Is, it, is what trying to sustain you how many likes you get on your Instagram account or your TikTok account? Is it how many, number, how many hours you work in a week? Is that what's trying to sustain you? Is it, is it how, many, how much praise you can get from the people around you, from your boss, from your coworker? Is it how many texts you get from the the one that you claim is your significant other? Maybe it's how many levels you can complete in your video game. Maybe that's what it is that's trying to sustain you. And Jesus says, I want to sustain you. When we feed on the things of this world, our heart will be led by the things of this world. When we feed on the things of God, our heart will be led on the things of God. So what is your time? Where are you spending your time? What are you looking at? What are you engaging in? What is it that you wake up in the morning and you want to do first? And Jesus says, I want to sustain you. And then then it is that he says, I want to satisfy you. Wheat provides about 20% of the world's calories, more nourishment than any other source of food. Last year's harvest of 780 million tons amounted to roughly 200 pounds per person on earth. That's a lot. I don't think I ate that much. But that is a lot to sustain you. To satis- and, and, and we want it because sat- it satisfies us. There's a craving inside. And then I got thinking, okay, if, if, if wheat is something that satisfies us, when we think about the animal world, what satisfies the animal world? Well, a frog. Frogs eat mostly insects such as flies, moths, and small snails and slugs and worms. That's what frogs eat. And then I thought, ooh, what about a boa constrictor? That's a good one. Well, they prefer birds and lizards and bats and small animals and little, and, 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 and little squirrels too. And then I thought, what about the gorilla? <laughs> and they prefer stems and bamboos and shoots and fruits. That's what they prefer. In our world today, what satisfies us? You know, there's an inward craving that all of us have. There's an inward craving. And that inward craving is to have significance and self-worth. It doesn't matter how old you are, if you're here or if you're here or here. you desire to have significance and self-worth. In John 6, 27, Jesus says these things. He says, do not labor for food that perishes, but food that endures to eternal life. That's what he wants us to seek after. It's him. Him. He is the bread of life. The bread of life. And seek after him. And so when we seek after the world and the things of the world that would satisfy us, our self-worth and our significance, it's le- it leaves us wanting. We want more of it. I need more likes on my TikTok. I need more likes on my Instagram. I need more praise from the people around me. I need more. I need more. I need more. But with God, he satisfies us. He fills us. And yes, we want more of him but it's not for our destruction. It's for his fulfillment. In John 4, 32, Jesus said, I have food to eat that you do not know about. What is that food? It is to do the will of the Father. So what feeds us, leads us. What is feeding your soul? What is feeding your soul? So let me bring this to a conclusion. And here are three questions that I think that you And I can ask. And the first is, how can I rely on Jesus this coming week? It's a great question. Sit down at the table. Ask ask your family, how can we rely on Jesus this week? Or you could ask the question, what can I change this week as a family or individual that would help you feed on Jesus as the bread of life and not on the things of this world? Maybe it's watching less TV. Maybe it's going for a walk and looking at God's creation. Maybe it's pausing and praying for for a need in the world or a family member or your neighbor. Or another question is, what could you feed less on this week so that you can feed more on Jesus? What would you give up so that you could feed more on Jesus? If we want Jesus to sustain us, we want him to satisfy us, then, then we've got to make changes in our life. It's not just simply recognizing, oh, he is the bread of life, but is now saying, I want to consume the bread of life. I'm going to invite Megan back up. So, you know, most of the time when, when, when you know, we end a message and uh, maybe it was good, we'd say amen, Right. I think today, I need your help. I think today, say yee-haw with me. (laughs) Yee-haw. All right. Thank you very much.